Um, The reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. That's Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others' sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Uh, thanks, thanks, Cara, for reading uh, for us. Uh, good morning, uh, here with us in the building, and to those of you who are tuning in from home, great to, to have you here with us. Do, if you've got a Bible in front of you or an app open, uh, do keep it open at these words as we come back to look at it. Uh, thanks, Cara, for reading, for Steve, for praying for us. Now, as we begin, you will probably remember these kind of things. Um, Maybe you've still got one uh, at home. Um, maybe if you're watching at home and you're very little, maybe you're still using it. You know what they're for. These are the kind of things that children use uh, to hold on to as they're beginning to get into position to walk. It gets them into the right position. And then it's something, something to hold on to as they start to make moves in the right direction. A little baby walker like this. Now, keep that in mind. Because I think in some ways it it gives a picture of of what's going on in this passage Uh, we've read this morning, Kara's read for us. We're back in the Sermon on the Mount. And you remember if you've been with us uh, over the past number of weeks, Jesus in this sermon is kind of reorientating life for us. He's speaking about what what life in his kingdom is going to be like, the, the community that is forming, those who are poor in spirit who come to him, knowing they've got nothing to offer God, but they need his help. He begins to speak about the hope they have, the, the future they're looking forward to, what their kind of big purpose in the world will be to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, and the kind of life of their community, the, the real new normal that they're, they're going to be living out as they, as they trust him. We've been seeing some of those things, and this morning, he's teaching us about prayer. If you remember last week, uh, we, we saw this, that look, prayer, it takes its shape from the gospel. Prayer is not a way to move yourself up spiritually. It is not the means by which you sort of uh, uh, make yourself good enough for God. No, it's not the way you move yourself up. It's the way you welcome the one who has come down to save us. Uh, it's like Jesus, if you like, he, he gets us in position for praying, holding on to the kind of the baby walker. That's how you need to think about it. You're in, you're in the right position. 
And then this morning, in the words that we've read, he, he gives us words to start moving us in the right direction. That's verse 9. You have it there in front of you. This, then, is, is how you should pray. He's giving the, the broad kind of shape of, of how to go about it. At 20 years on, if someone only ever walks using a baby walker, something's probably gone wrong. Um, but also, 20 years on, if the way they walk doesn't at least bear some kind of resemblance to the way they learn to walk on a baby walker, then probably something's gone wrong there too. And same with praying. Because you grow as a Christian. If this prayer that we've just read, if, if this prayer is the only prayer you ever pray, something's probably gone wrong with that. You're meant to add in a few other things as you pray, a, a couple of hops, jumps, knee drops, as well as you pray and grow in that. But as you grow as a Christian, if your praying doesn't match the basic shape and tone of this prayer that, that Jesus gives us, something's probably gone wrong there too. You've, you've probably grown in a slightly wonky way. And some of your, your prayer bones may need to be reset a little. So whether we're, we're an older Christian or, or even just a toddler Christian, it's good for us to listen to Jesus' words. And we could, spend, we could spend weeks on this prayer. We've got 20 minutes this morning, so I'm going to try and give you some of the, just the thought flow of it. And two things this morning to think about. Here's the first one. Keep noticing. Keep noticing what is thrilling about prayer. And when I say that word thrilling, it might seem strange. I think for many, it doesn't seem that thrilling. I suspect it's why with our church prayer meetings at times, some of us are reluctant to come. And look, I'm not, I'm not telling you off uh, for that because um, if it wasn't, it's part of my job to be there. Maybe if it wasn't, I, I'd, be, I'd be in the same boat. But Jesus says, look, prayer, remember this, prayer is it's a gospel gift. It's not a miserable demand. It may be hard at times, but he says, Jesus says, prayer is thrilling. Yet here he says it in such an understated way. Just have a look at verse 9. You have a Bible there in front of you. It's how he puts it. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Jesus says, if you want to know why prayer is thrilling, look, start with location. Space. Space is big. I was looking up a bit of information, and I'm told that the sun's mass is 330,000 times that of the earth. The distance from here to there, 93 million miles. It takes light eight minutes to get here from the sun. Space is often measured in light years. One light year is approaching six trillion miles. The Hubble Space Telescope you've heard of that, you can see things 12 billion light years away. In miles, well, that'd be 6 trillion times 12 billion. Don't know what that is, 72 billion trillion miles. I mean, I don't even know how to write that. Never mind, imagine a kind of distance like that. And that's only the parts that we've begun to look at. Space is big. And yet Genesis 1.16 Speaking about God in, in almost a throwaway line, right at the beginning of the Bible, says he also made the stars. It just says it like that. 
all those millions and billions, he, he just made them. All that space, the vastness of space, he, he just made it. God is not part of creation. He's not part of it. He doesn't need it. He doesn't depend on it in any way. It all depends on him. And it's not his home as if he in some way kind of occupies part of, uh, the kind of occupies space within it in some location. No, his location, Jesus says, is, is heaven. He transcends all of creation. Uh, the vastness of space, it doesn't exercise his mind. It doesn't flex his muscles. You clear on this? God is not big. God is not big as if, if you were to think of him in that way, as if all he is is a, a bigger version of you or me and he fills up some kind of space like that. No, God is, God is not big. He is boundless. He is infinite in his, in his power and his presence and his knowledge. Now, God doesn't just know about things that exist as if he's got the most knowledge. No, it's the other way around. In order for something to exist, God has to know about it, first of all. Now, when you think about God in that kind of way, how tiny are you before him? How small? How tiny is your loudest shout in this vast universe? And yet Jesus says, not only are our voices heard by this boundless creator, but we are to call him Father. The Heidelberg Catechism, uh, question 26, asks this, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? And here's the answer uh, that they gave that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father because of Christ the Son. And then it goes on. I trust God so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever he sends upon me in this sad world. And then listen to this, because this is truly mind-blowing. God is able to do this because he is almighty God and desires to do this because he is a faithful father. This vast, boundless God who made everything, who's infinite in all his perfections, desires to care for you in this world because he is a faithful father. That's who he's become. That's how he's positioned himself towards you in Jesus. Now, what, what troubles you? What exercises your mind? What saps your strength? Well, there is one who, without trouble or worry, upholds heaven and earth and who stoops close in Jesus to say, you, Christian, you come and call me Father. Maybe you've heard the story of the queen, but it's told that on one occasion she was with a security guard in the grounds of the Balmoral estate, and the grounds were open to the public. 
And they bumped into an American couple who were tourists there. They were having a look around the grounds. And they asked about the Balmoral Estate uh, for some information on it. And then one of them, uh, the queen answered the question. But then one of them said, look, I, I don't suppose you've ever seen the queen when you've been walking around here. They hadn't recognized her. And in a most delicious, self-effacing way, she answered the tourists. She, she pointed to her security guard and said, no, I never have, but he has lots of times. It's quite a thought, isn't it? It's quite a thought uh, of being told about Balmoral and not noticing the happy and glorious one humbly telling you all about it. And in some ways, I think, we can be a little bit like those American tourists with prayer, not noticing as you read this the happy and glorious one who's telling you all about it, the Lord Jesus. And he is, isn't he? He is the the only one who really by rights can call God Father, and yet here he is telling you to call him Father. And there's no sense that he is reluctant or sniffy, or at this point wanting to draw attention to himself. He's pointing to the Father and saying, you call him, you call him Father. And then you remember that calling God Father is not something that anyone can just do. No, it's the privilege of Christians. And in order to do that, in order to be adopted into that family, the cost was high. It's paid for you by Jesus on the cross. Have you thought this? Have you got this in your head that every time you pray, every time you, you pray, we're, we're heard on the basis of what Jesus has done for us. That's the only reason you heard this way. It's a gospel gift. We, we pray to the Father, adopted in the Lord Jesus. I think Jesus, as you ponder his words, he's saying, look, prayer is thrilling because the gospel is thrilling because God is thrilling. And I don't know about you, but I'm sluggish to believe it. So if you want to to grow, or even in this period as we're thinking about recovering, if you want to recover your praying, well then keep noticing what is thrilling about prayer. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Keep letting Jesus reshape your prayers. Look, alongside baby walkers, maybe you had some of this stuff at home. Maybe you've got it out at home right now, this kind of Play-Doh stuff. Do you remember this? You got some of this? It's a bit of a gooey mess. A bit of blob of something that I was never very good at craft, so I can't do very much with it. But these days, you can get these kind of tools that go with Play-Doh. And what you do is you kind of push it in here. You push your blob of gooey mess in here. You get this bit in, and then you, oh, this is the exciting bit, you squeeze it through. You can see that in the building. Maybe you can see that at home. It's very exciting. It's a long time since I've played with Play-Doh. Look at that. You squeeze it out, and you can make something much more interesting and useful. Now, I say that. Keep that Play-Doh in mind, because look, as, as Jesus is teaching us about prayer, in a way, he's kind of saying, look, your prayers, yeah, I understand this prayer that he's praying, and then squeeze your prayers through this one. Just have a
a look at this prayer with me that Jesus gives us, this how-to prayer. At verses 9 and 10, he says, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Verses 11 to 13, he says, Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Six brief requests. The first three are they're kind of specifically focused on God. The, the second three are, are kind of focused on us. And let me summarize them this way. The, the first three, because we trust our Father... We pray for his future kingdom to come. And the second three are, because we understand the gospel, we ask for help to live it out now. Let those prayers begin to reshape your your prayers. Because we trust our Father, we, we pray for his future kingdom to come. It's acknowledging that God has plans, future plans, and that one day he will take center stage. God will be honored as he should. People will not only submit to his kingdom rule, they'll happily live by his goodwill. And because we know he's good, and that that's good, we, we look forward to that day and we, we pray for it to come. And in the meantime, if there's any way that our lives can be conformed to that a bit more now, we, we ask for God's help with that even now because we want him to take center stage in our lives even right now. And then with the second three, because we understand the, the gospel, we, we ask for help to live it out. Now, the, the gospel tells us everything that we need comes from God. And in the reality of a sin-spoiled world, we're going to need all sorts of help if, if we're going to live as his people together. Uh, physical and material provision, daily bread, we ask for that. And Jesus says, look, we'll also need help with forgiveness, needing it ourselves and giving it to others. And we'll also need help avoiding disastrous sin. You feel that. It's worth noticing as you read this, of, of all the things Jesus directs us to, to pray about, the, the one he really pauses on is how we forgive others. Verse 12 Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Comes back to it in verses 14 and 15. And don't misunderstand Jesus. He, it's not that he's saying that God will forgive us because we've forgiven other people. No, the gospel doesn't work that way. No, it's more that genuine Christians, look, if you've, if you've really welcomed the, the one who has come down to save you, if you've understood the gospel that way, knowing how much you need God's forgiveness. You, you just can't imagine asking for it and then not being willing to forgive others. And when you get what Jesus is saying, when you, you understand it and you start to squeeze your own prayers through this prayer, what happens? Well, here's a couple of things. It, it might work out like this. Maybe you're praying about work. You're, you're thinking about frustrations at work, asking God to help make it better. And it doesn't seem to be getting better, but you persist. You start to squeeze your prayers through this one, and you, you start to pray, Lord, if it doesn't change quickly, please would you help me respond in a way that's in line with your will? I know that one day your, your kingdom, it really will come, but in, in the meantime, please, please help me make wise choices. Please provide something different if it's, if it's what I really need. 
and I know I'm going to be tempted to react in unkind ways, will you help me to spot those temptations and keep me safe from them? That begins to look like a prayer that, that God loves to answer, desires to answer. Or maybe it's to do with family or friends. Maybe you're thinking about them. You're worried about them, what they'll do in the future. You've been praying for your children that they'll be happy, safe, secure. But then you start to squeeze your prayers through this prayer, and you find yourself praying something like this. Look, Father, I know you're good, and I trust you. Would you, would you cause my children to want to live for you? And please, would you keep them safe? Would you keep them safe from the temptation to love money more than you? From linking their lives with someone who, who really doesn't trust you? He Heavenly Father, as my children grow, I long to hear them say, your kingdom come, your will be done above everything else. I keep noticing what's thrilling about prayer. I keep letting Jesus reshape your prayers. And just as we, we bring this to a close, do spot, this, this isn't really an individual prayer. Jesus is instructing us to pray our Father. Jesus expects our community, our church family, to, to pray in this kind of way as we gather together at times. We pray it together. We're going to do that in a moment in this service before we finish. And then next week, Steve's mentioned again, it's prayer 150. And the one time in the month where we try and gather all of us together to pray, it'd be good, wouldn't it? As many as possible to come and gather, whether you've done that before, to squeeze our prayers through this kind of prayer and pray in this way together. As I said, we'll, we'll pray in a moment. Before we do that, the musicians are going to come uh, back up now and lead us in our final song. And in some ways, it's, it's a song that's a bit like this kind of baby walker. It, it is a prayer in itself, but it gets us in position to keep praying. So as the music begins, as our musicians lead us, let's stand together. At home, you can join in with loud voice. Here in the building, we'll lift our hearts and our minds to the Lord in praise. And as we do that, let's get into the right position to pray to the Father that desires to answer us in Jesus' name.